This is how it's going to start. Tremolo. Hi, my name's Manuel Tremolo, and this is the Feedback House. We've got tons of bike jumps that go into rivers that are being, you know, uh, they got special jets underneath them, so when you land, it's soft, okay? It's soft, salty water. It feels real good. It's perfect temperature, and the bikes don't get rusted out by the water. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Here we are inside of a musical expansion zone. I'm about to quiet down a bit just for your enjoyment. It's live to tape, also known as the Executive Buffet, where sometimes you're always allowed to put your hands on the branch here at the Bleep Reaping Steeple Cheapers at the zone where Daddy always parks his big red truck. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for uh, putting this on speakers in the garage while you do curls. And it's kind of hot out, but it's just hot enough to where you're not, you know, you break that sweat and it feels good. You're not getting roasted. We're not talking about a 95-degree wet bulb. Who knows about a wet bulb out there, all right? Anybody out there know about a wet bulb? Hey, it's me, Kevin Tipcorn, also known as Jason Pepperhouse, also known as DJ, DJ, I don't know. I haven't figured out what my DJ name would be that would work for this podcast, but if you have one, go ahead and submit it, live to tape podcast at gmail.com, or put it in the comments when you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Say what my DJ name should, should, should it be, okay? Hey, everybody. Uh... It's me letting you know that I have a bunch of shows coming up. I'd love to see you out at them, those places. July, July 20th, I'll be in Los Angeles where I live at the Elysian Theater doing my solo show. It is uh, a super interesting, unique, fun, hilarious show I've been developing for a long time now. And uh, I want you to come see it. July 20th at the Elysian Theater. Then I will be in Seattle at the Crocodile on the 23rd of July. And I'll be the next day. I'll be in Portland, Oregon, at Helium Comedy Club on the 24th of July. Okay, tickets for all those events are available on my website. Uh, links to that on my website. That's johnnypemberton.dog. You can also find these links if you go to my Twitter profile or my Instagram profile. And there's links. Should be the pinned tweet. If not, you just go to my website. And if not, you go to the link tree. You'll figure it out. If you want to go, you can figure it out. Okay, get those tickets. Also, you can see me at the Dynasty Typewriter. In Los Angeles on August 10th, okay, and I should be doing some more shows coming, but I've got plenty more advanced. That's that's how much notice do you need, okay, guys? Is that enough notice? I think it's enough notice, all right? There you go. And check us out. We're on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/live to tape. It's Patreon.com/slash. 
if you do join Patreon, you you get access to all the old stuff. So you can take a deep dig and a dive into all the old audio products available there, okay? Please do that. Please enjoy it. Enjoy it responsibly. Here at Anheuser, Coors, Miller, Bush Institute of Belgium, we we employ to enjoy benefits responsibly. Uh, I gotta say this because I feel like right now is kind of a weird time. Um, I mean, weird is weird is one way to put it. Weird is a. It's always you can always say something's weird, uh, because what else do you say? I'd say that it's a hard time for a lot of people. For everybody, pretty much everybody's having a hard time. Shit's super expensive. People aren't making that much money. Uh, there's all kinds of, all kinds of problems, just difficulties, general difficulties going on in the world right now. I'm feeling it. Everybody's feeling it. And all I can think about when something like this happens, well, I think about a couple things. I think about years and years and years ago when there was a big election that went. Uh, one way, swung one way. There was someone, I think it was Stephen Colbert, love him or hate him. This is a great thing he said. He said, like, uh, this is in character too. I think it was in character. He said, uh, when he was doing the Colbert rapport, he said that, okay, everybody, just so you know, that's it. That was the last election. There'll never be another one that's over. So that's it. It's nothing's ever going to change ever again. The joke. Obviously, being that the only constant is change, and everything is going to change all the time. Same with people say about movies and working in Hollywood. You didn't get that part. Well, that was the last part. That's the last one they're ever going to do. They're never going to cast anything ever again. They're never going to make a movie or movie or a TV show ever again. When really, that's all that happens is new stuff gets pumped out all the time. And I think the same way with the difficulties that we're all experiencing right now is that this is, uh, it's very difficult and it's very hard, but I, I can't think it's just like somehow the end. People have always thought throughout the history of time that they lived in end times. It's really fun and easy to think you live in end times because it supposes that you, we, we're the, we're the last people, we're the last people who are going to be alive. Uh, it sucks. It's so terrible. But you know what? We're the, we're the last people who are going to experience this. It's incredibly selfish and self-centered and all those things to think that this is you're going to be alive for end times. It's fun to think about. And I used to think about it all the time. But it really, in reality, it doesn't make a lot of sense. There's going to be some massive upheaval, a lot of changes. Maybe a lot of people are going to be hurt and killed. And it's not good for a huge portion of the population. But it sure as hell isn't the end. And if it's not the end, that means that if you have the ability to affect some sort of change in your life, I don't mean change like like the uh, the woo-woo BS form of change, like we got to fucking do this, man. You got to go over there and uh, we got to vote for, we got to vote this guy out. I think that stuff, that's great if you want to do that. I'm talking about what can you do personally for yourself and those who you love? Because you can't count on these institutions to bail you out. We've This has been proven now that we can't count on these institutions we think that have our backs or any sort of support whatsoever. It's not there. It's never really been there. Maybe to some extent, maybe to some small extent it feels that way. But we all know that's a bunch of bullshit. And so 
I think it's really important now that we all take stock of what we love, who we are, and as much as things are difficult, we have to find ways to find joy, have fun, and keep going forward in the face of these extreme changes that are causing a lot of difficult problems for us. It always reminds me of that Curly Moore song. I should just play it right now. Because I'm rambling. I need some music to save me. Here it is, Curly Moore. Don't pity me. Ooh. One of the hottest songs of all freaking time. Ugh. That's tough. That's tough right there. You can't stop that. I was born down in the southern land. Ate my food from a greasy pan. But I don't let that bother me. Every morning I was right on time But I don't let that bother me Watch me, baby. Just watch me, okay? That's what I'm trying to say is just watch me. Was just watching rhyme with? Rhymes with can't stop me. You can't stop me, so you better just watch me. Here we are on the podcast. Now we're back in the podcast now. And we had a little bit of a, I guess if you call it the inspirational breakdown of the moment. This is Daddy's Big Red Truck. This is the executive buffet. This is the houseboat on wheels. <laughs> it's traveling down the interstate, taking up all three lanes, and it's going, I can't decide if it's going 85 miles an hour or if it's going 50 miles an hour. Choose your own adventure. Hit us up in the comments. Let us know, 85 or 50. Let's get this podcast started. I have an, I have an incredible guest today. One of my favorite people. He's so funny, smart, interesting, cool. Ugh, just the best. You know him. You probably love him. If you know him, you love him. To know him is to love him. To love him is to know him. He is Rock, rock, rock. Rock, rock. Home rock, of the rock. rock. Enticing. Rock and roll high school. Oh, that's a good one, right? <laughs> rock and roll high school. Is that, uh, I think I was forced to watch that with, with a friend in college. It's um, yeah. It's not John Waters, right? I don't know if it is. It certainly is if, Waters. It's in the camp. Waters it's in the zone. It's in the camp zone. How you doing with that, with that tail? Is it working for you? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could, you could have more slack, couldn't you? It's weighted. Should I? Hmm. Yeah, see, this is this is, we're still in beta testing of this setup right now, right. so feel free to uh, do what you got to. How is that? I mean, it, if it works for you, it works for me, honestly. Yeah. See, you do know that goes on the left side. That's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's supposed to go on the left, and, you can't, and yeah. you can't because I have these. Yeah, I think I need to get some extenders. I could flip these phones, right? You could flip them, since we are mono. It probably doesn't matter. We're not listening to, we're not listening to pet sounds. We're not doing like a yeah, evaluation of a contoured. Yeah. But pet sounds w is in mono. That's okay, the preferred so 
That's the he because Brian Wilson was obsessed with mono. He didn't like stereo. That was yeah. his sort of um, his uh, spectrum sort of obsession. I think he's probably right. Yeah, I think that stereo is highly overrated. You think so? You don't like the whole thing of the Beatles with like the drums sound like they're over here, and then like the guitar sounds like it's over here. They were like obsessed with that. I get it. My dad we used to be a big time audiophile, so that would be the thing mm. that you do is you. He's like, listen, you can hear. It's called sound staging. Yeah. Where you can hear, you can hear like yeah. the way they record it. You can hear the different things in the now, thing. Now, how do you feel about how QAnon wants to get rid of all the audiophiles in Hollywood and um, <laughs> Washington D.C.? Do you um, agree with that, or well, do you, know, you stand by audiophile? I think it's a rights? slippery slope. It is. It's the kind of thing when you take up audio files in Hollywood, then there'll be no audio files left. Uh, that's the end of Skywalker Ranch. Skywalker you know, Ranch. You might as well just take a bomb and drop it on Skywalker Ranch. If you're going to get rid of audio files, yeah. What's next is um, yeah. You know, whiskey. F- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know other. No, 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 other files. What other files? Oh are yeah, there? like whiskey guys. Whiskey guys. Um, anime bakas. Baka files. Uh, yeah. Goku files. Yeah. People really into Goku. People who are really into Goku, but specifically they're into physical fitness and weight training. And Goku is sort of a side mm-hmm. file for a CrossFit file. You know? There is something about weightlifting in general that is definitely the nerdiest thing you can possibly do. It's very lame and it's I think it I think it's a sexuality. I think it technically oh, that's a good point. categorizes itself as a sexuality. It, it is so dominant of the identity mm-hmm. of the people who are into it. That yeah, that's all they think about and do. All, I remember hearing some guys when I was in high school lifting weights at the, the club, hearing some guys talk about chicken breasts for about 15 minutes, and I thought, this isn't some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Like these big yeah. fucking jacked up dudes talking yeah. about chicken breasts. Not talking about something fun to talk about like restaurants or what kind of pizza delivery you like yeah like what they're eating is not fun to talk about it is they're ta- fuel it is they're talking about fuel. yeah fuel it'd be like a bunch of guys standing around and talking about like sterno cans uh-huh. versus you know just lighting some twigs i don't know <laughs> it's like this is this would have been interesting to maybe cavemen when they first fried the first chicken breast or uh-huh. whatever but they were eating the gizzard they were eating all kinds of stuff they were mm-hmm. eating everything yeah. these guys just want the breast because it's got the lowest yeah. amount of fat highest yeah. protein yeah and it tastes the least, so they can disguise it with jars of salsa from Costco and salsa like that. and hot sauce becomes the the god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really who your god is when you are in that in those low carb lifestyles. Low carb, you become obsessed with like hot sauces and salsas. And um, have you done it? Boring. Have you been there? Is that how you know? Have you been there, Johnny? I don't know if you know this, but I moved to Los Angeles in 2013, and okay. I weighed 190 pounds. How much do you weigh now? Over the co- I'll t- I will get to that. Okay. But over the course of my first year and a half in LA, I dropped to one forty-five. Wow! I lost forty-five pounds. That's a lot of weight. I had moved from Nashville, Tennessee, to here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and the lifestyle is different. People Nashville, eat salads and drink juices. Yeah, Nashville is uh, a fun. A, you know what? It's it's a good time and place. It's a good time and place, but mm-hmm. it's also everyone smokes. Mm-hmm. Everyone drinks nine beers every night, minimum. Yep. Everything comes with a side of four biscuits and gravy, uh-huh. no matter where you go. Uh-huh. Jamba Juice, Panera, and um, and so everybody is just clotted with clotted cream and condensed milk and nicotine. And the pandemic didn't happen there too. 
the pandemic didn't happen there, which is really interesting because lots of my friends' parent, uh, f- lots of my parents' friends, they died. Uh, not lots, but like people in their forties dying Ooh. of what is basically the flu. Damn, doesn't actually happen all that often, yeah. except for it did in Nashville a lot, which is weird. Um, I don't want to make too light of that, yeah. and I I love you, everyone in Tennessee. But yeah, your your leaders didn't take care of its people. Yeah, very well. I had a good time there after COVID. I guess sort of like in the latter, the very final stages of COVID mm-hmm. was the first place I did a weekend of shows. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. Were you at Zanies? Yeah, it Zanies was so fun. much fun. Yeah, I think it's because it's like, hey, I don't know what you've been doing. We never stopped. Yeah, exactly. We never cooled down, baby. We never, we never took a day off from from making sure. You know, when they told, when Joe Biden told me to stay home, that's when I camped out in the middle of the Chick Fil A dining room, oh, and I what? stayed there. I'm going out. I'm going, man. There is something about the Southern logic because my mom is from Louisiana, mm. so I mean, I grew up in Minnesota, but I did, I was around it enough to where I really feel like there's a real kinship. I understand that better than I understand a lot of well, other Minnesota's things. Minnesota's the South. A lot of people don't agree with me, but I believe that Minnesota's the South. Okay, go ahead. And, um, you know, it's... Go off, King. Uh, you know, lots of, you know, let's... I assume in Minnesota there's a lot of, you know, um, uh, starches, a lot of starchy meals. It's a lot of starchy meals, yeah. Uh, let's let's see how we can add sour cream and cheddar cheese to this somehow. There is. Um, a lot of Salt. Salt. A lot of salt. Uh, there is a lot of fish eating, but it's freshwater fish. Freshwater fish mm-hmm. eating, catfish, rockfish. Uh, Minnesota specifically, walleye. Walleye. Okay, walleye is cool. a big deal there. Walleye is oh, like cool. walleye is a religion kind of. And you have a bunch of Nordic peoples up there, right? Right, a lot of Nordic so peoples. So lots as there is, are, are people eating dried and preserved fish products? They are. They're eating lutefisk. Lutefisk. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I've actually never had it. I think it's probably gross. Do you like Garrison Keillor? And I, I didn't. I used to, I used to love pain. Garrison Keillor. Yeah. Like I really did. The fact that he went down, it hurt me. It that hurt. he that he went crashing down. Yeah, it hurt me in a way that like I can't say openly until I did just now. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> did where he ever it's been do a time. Did he ever do a heartfelt apology on Prairie Home Companion where he like fessed up? Did. <laughs> well, I you don't, know what? I wonder uh, if I can even do a Garrison Keillor. I bet I you can. Try. I think you can do it. I just want to apologize to everyone who listens to Prairie Home Companion. A little fast, a little fast. Faster? A little fast. No, a little too fast. A little too I'm fast, noting, yeah. I'm noting it out right uh, away. Help, so me, help me get okay. there. Um, you also uh, have to do a little bit of this. Really get your mouth yeah. in the mic. Yeah. Uh, well, it's about 3 p.m. in Lake Wobegon, <sighs> and uh, the Lutheran minister looks at his pantry. He's saying, honey, I want to get a little bit more kippers for the pantry. Is it going to be a warm winter that year? You're really close. I got Not a couple. Not enough snowfall. You gotta, also, you got to repeat some stuff. Like, get some, kippers. get some kippers. Get some kippers. Get some kippers. Kippers where all the men are strong, all the women are good looking, and all the children are above average. <sighs> I've never heard. We've never heard anything that's funny or cool. Holy shit! That's uh, pretty. I was pretty yeah. damn good. I gotta say. Did you know, Johnny? Did you know that my bad Garrison Keillor impression was actually um, the uh, the first choice for Darth Vader when George Lucas was casting Darth Vader? What do you mean? I want them found, and I want them alive. <laughs> 
That's the best I can do. I've been doing a lot of Darth Vader. I would like love. I have a character I used to do. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the the British guy, the guy who talks like this. He says the guy is super mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago, I did the character where it was like. Um, Lord Vader, I Kylo Ren is requesting yeah. a special breakfast. I don't know <laughs> if you would approve this, but he's, it is his birthday, and I believe he was asking for some sort of a special breakfast. Kylo Ren is halal now. Kylo Ren <laughs> is asking to be served in the dark, sir. Do- sir Vader, uh, Lord Vader, pardon me, sir. I don't know if you're aware, but this is the, this is the world where Kylo yeah, yeah, Ren yeah, is yeah, Darth yeah. Vader's son. It's not true. Okay, not, yeah, yeah, so yeah. This yeah, is yeah. an alternate reality where yeah. Kylo Ren is the son, right. teenage son. Uh, Lord Vader, pardon me, sir. Uh, Kylo Ren has requested a pancake breakfast with his friends for... Pancake breakfast. Yes, sir. I, I know how much you feel about pancakes, but, sir, he has asked that you prepare the pancakes for his birthday. If you keep muttering in my mouth instead of my ear, I will have you thrown off of the Death Star. Lord Vader, I... I would throw myself off here right away. There is a gluten-free pancake mix on floor seven. Do uh, not disturb me any further. Lord Vader, I must ask you one more request here. Sir, as I have had diarrhea last Excuse week... Me. Uh, Excuse uh, me, Dad. Excuse me, Dad. Uh, Kylo Ren, please, I'm speaking with your father about uh, exactly what you... I just wanted to ask my dad a quick question. I don't, um, I don't see why that's a big issue. Mr. Sir, Lord, Lord Kylo, please... I am second in command of this... Of this base, and I just feel like you should let me talk to Darth Vader. Lord Vader, I want to talk to Darth Lord Vader. Lord Vader, your son is here. I've told him that he is not to be seeking you at this moment, sir. But Lord I Vader, perhaps you should consider using a clone army. You ever thought about that? I was practicing my flips in the other room. Master, Master Ren, please. I was practicing flips. <laughs> That's the only thing that I can kind of say that sounds like Kylo Ren. Uh-huh. I was like, I was doing flips. At my SNL audition, I did Kylo Ren in HBO's Girls. That was like one of my characters. Really? Yeah. Hannah, you don't know how difficult it is. You, 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 do, you don't understand how difficult it is to, to be on the dark side. On the dark side of the force. It's actually very, very difficult. It's hard to do flips. <laughs> it's hard to do flips. I don't. What do you want me to say? I'm there. I've been transported to this alternate reality that's real. It's hard to do flips. I don't know. What else did you do besides Trump? Been at Starkiller Base. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It was at Starkiller Base for like until like three last night. Um, <laughs> besides Trump, I did Trump talking. I did Trump saying "Happy Birthday," giving a happy birthday speech to Frankenstein at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> that was what I opened with. Okay. So that that was like yeah. we love Frankenstein. He's a big boy. He's got beautiful bolts coming out. I of mean, his neck. I have to. Anytime you do it, remember that time I talked to you <laughs> outside of a show? It was probably like four or five years ago. Yeah. I ran inside. I thought you were playing. I swear to God, I told you this at the time, right? Right. That I thought you were playing a cassette or a recording of Trump. I truly thought that. That's crazy. I mean, that is like. It is like a weird line you have to toe, especially now that I'm at the show where you have to like mm-hmm. balance sounding like the person exactly with like making sure it's funny and it's a joke. Right, yeah. So sometimes I run into that with the Trump where it's like for some reason my throat is just I can sound exactly yeah, like him. It's a thing. But I can't I can't sound exactly like everyone uh, all of my other impressions that I do. They're yeah. very much just impressions, but like if they needed the voice of Trump in like a Ken Burns documentary to like read a document mm-hmm. or something after he's dead or something like that. Um, that that's like I'm 
I'm who to call probably. You're, you're gonna, they're going to call you up. Have you do it for up. sure. So I did Trump t- saying happy birthday to Frankenstein and like, there's Babadook, Babadook, our wives are friends. Um, <laughs> Joe Biden's doing nothing about Cloverfield. I can't stand uh, it, man. It's too much. <laughs> it's I, so, yeah. wow, it's crazy how that works. I'll run past him real quick. So then I did Lindsey Graham asking for his John Legend CD back. Uh, I did Jeffrey Tambor at GameStop. I did um, uh, the Adam Driver thing, uh, Michael Rappaport, Bobby Flay, Chris O'Dowd. Mm-hmm. I did Chris O'Dowd, which was fun. He was Irish Chris O'Dowd or American Irish, Chris O'Dowd? Irish Chris, Irish Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. Chris Chris O'Dowd. Uh, he was he was the Witcher. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I like this actually. I told you I I don't know what to do about your Griffin. I'm not a sorcerer and I don't cast spells. Um. Uh, and then I did uh, my character, the sweet southern guy who was in the trench coat mafia, which I'm sure you've seen that. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That I one's like great. Wearing a trench coat and looking like a spy. And then I did um, Anoni, singer Anoni. I don't know. I don't know Anoni. And then I did Willie Nelson, and I closed with uh, I think Born Again Louis C.K. That's quite a gauntlet of uh, impressions. Yeah, there. like uh, like the Trump was like a minute and a half, and then everything else was like. Five seconds long. How long did you have those in your pocket ready to do when you, when it came time to do them? When it came time to do them, I mean, when I recorded the tape that I sent in, I just like got my director buddy and I, I had like for two days, like for like three hours, mm-hmm. two days in a row, I just looked at all my notebooks and I did every single like voices right, bit right. that I have. I'm just a regular stand up. You know that. Yeah. I'm a regular Southern stand up. Right. I'm a Christian. Regular former Christian. (laughs) Former Christian, former Southerner. And then, um, so I just like went through all of like my voice bits and we cut the tape down. I sent the tape to SNL and my managers and then we were just like, okay, when you do the audition, just do, I basically did what the edit of my hours of taping was. Yeah. So that's sort of how I picked that out. And then, and then I just, I ran through it for like, i you're an actor too. I don't rehearse. I don't like. I don't like over work mm-hmm. anything because I don't want to like lose the magic. Yeah, it's tough when with the that scene stuff. Happens. It depends on what you're talking. It depends about. on what it is. But sometimes stuff it really is at risk of overrunning it, so it becomes it stops being fun, fun. especially when you're doing comedy, comedy characters yeah. like that. Because yeah. when you find it. You can never replace the joy of finding it in the moment. Yeah, you can see it in your eye. It's like the thing because I'll all times I'll break, and I yeah. I like to I like it's fun to laugh. Like sometimes. on a set, not on a set. I'm I'll never break on a set. Oh yeah, I'm I'm like fucking. I'll take that you're with me to in, the grave. You're in the scene. I maybe I've broken a couple times in the last few years just because it's so much work to not break. Sometimes yeah. it feels like you're internalizing something that God wants you to let out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, you're supposed to laugh a bit. Otherwise, you're just. Like what? What, do you, what contest are you winning by not breaking? For sure, you're just sort of like being like, "Oh wow, you have so much hate in your heart." <laughs> now, now you've grounded into a diamond. And what comedy fan is going to take you aside and be like, "Hey, I, I love how you played the truth of your character's emotion." If in they that, do, I'm in out that, in that food fight. I also um, think that breaking. I really do think that breaking is actually, um, like in terms of the what do you call it, like the high-end philosophy of comedy, yeah. the breaking, people actually love a little bit from now and then because yeah. it's sort of like a wink-wink, hey, we're all just hanging out. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, you you see that on SNL. Definitely. Yeah, but people like it. People like, like it. They, obviously, they don't tell you to do it because they know it's going to happen. Yeah, but yeah, when it yeah. does happen, yeah, when you're watching, it feels so good. What sucks is when if you're like breaking and no one is laughing in the room. If you're like holding things up, because that's a you're different thing. Giggling at your own fucking yeah. thing. Yeah, that's way. That's a different thing. That's a different thing. Let's talk about that. I wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's talk about that. Uh, but I did. I did like walk around for after they liked the tape, and I had been in, and I knew I was invited to the live audition right. in L.A. I did walk around everywhere I went, doing it in order, saying the exact words. Oh I wow! I was timing it. So on you my did phone. work it hard because I did not. I did. I did not want it to go over five minutes. I like. I wanted it to be perfectly five. I wanted to do a perfect like audition, and. Um, and then in the moment, enough surprises happened that I looked really loose and oh, cool. silly. Like yeah. people were like clapping after the Trump, and then I That's was like, "Because you're a stand-up, though. That's what it is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I did Conan, That's, that helped. That was the first time I'd been on a late-night talk show, and I was so fucking nervous. But mm-hmm. I worked on my stuff. I worked on it like a ton. Yeah. I worked with a friend of mine, helped me write everything. Were you on the stand-up stage or in the I was the on the desk? couch. The couch. Yeah. And you were kind of doing stand-up bits for the couch, right? Some of them, a little like bit. maybe maybe like maybe 30% of it was stand-up bits, okay. but the rest was stuff I wrote for that. For or or t- like jokes I had thought of that I couldn't do. Oh, man. I've always wanted to do uh, on something. That's but so I, cool. But I, did, I was like, oh, this would be good for that instead of being good for stand-up. Right. Because I watched so many people be... People who I know who are funny be terrible on the couch. Really? They seem really stiff. Yeah. Or they seem like they're trying too hard. Right. And I didn't want to be either of those things, so I just worked on it a ton and thought of stuff, and then you talked to the producers and stuff, and then when I actually did it, I was so nervous, but once I got out there, it was like, oh, this is this is just stand-up. And you fell into your bits naturally. Totally. And, and there was no yeah. problem because it's, yeah. it's all it is, is you're just doing stand-up. It's not like a oh, thing man. where... It's not a conversation. You're just doing stand-up because stand-up kind of is a conversation in a way. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I got to do my first talk show a couple of months ago, and and uh, I did Seth Meyers, mm-hmm. and that I found I found it very difficult to get to my bits. Really? Yeah, because I was just, like, enjoying the moment, and, like, I let – I just – looking back on it, I'm like, oh, shit, I let some moments hang. I was a little too sincere. I wish I had kind of, like yeah. – I wish I had sort of planned a few more, like – I wish it was like explicitly a comedy appearance, but it was also, I was like, well, at that point I had been on SNL and I was just in prosthetics all the time. I was just like Trump or Biden or Larry, the cable guy. You want to be yourself. I always had beards on and nobody knew who I was. So like I got to talk about like my background and stuff. Oh yeah. I think that was important. I don't know. It's so hard to know what to do. It's like, when am I ever going to do this again? And you're like, you make so make it so important. and Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think it's uh, relies on the host too, because yeah. Conan is an expert at teeing you up. Yeah. And he for sure. plays with you in a way that, oh wow, you're making me look really good here. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. Seth isn't doing that, baby. Oh, baby, know. maybe he's not. Maybe no, he Seth, is. Seth was awesome. Seth was awesome. He's like, man, Seth's great. Everybody's been really nice to me. It's 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 been very fun for me. You mean just in like life in general? Like or in I New York specifically City? Specifically in New York City. <laughs> No, I got plenty of people. I have so many haters. New York is so. I have people in New York have always found to be like the nicest people. It's weird. It is some of. It's the most. 
that idea that New Yorkers are mean is probably the greatest false stereotype oh, yeah. of my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, that New Yorkers are mean and that LA is like a war-torn, like ghetto, like nuked out place. Yeah. Like the lies that I heard about both places as a Nashvilleian growing up mm-hmm. are so funny. It's like uh, Nashville, there's, there's always a country song on the radio where the guy is like, uh, I've been out in Hollywood too much. Time to get home to Nashville. There's, there's so many of them. That that song can play happens right on the radio all the time. Spending way too much time in LA. Gotta get back to the biscuits. Like that is that sentiment has been sung on top, you know, 40 country radio over and over and over again. Have you heard this song, Cold Beer with Your Name on it? Let's hear it. This is I actually do love this song, but it definitely before you go into this real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a rocker. Right. Uh like I do want to hear this, but I, I just think it's so funny that they're like, LA is not for cowboys. Nashville is. Whereas Nashville is like this um elite, effete like city mm-hmm. where like Men wear like those those shimmery polo shirts that hug their breasts, and yes. they like they work like like tech jobs and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like Nashville is covered in Chipotle's and Teslas now. It is so nice there. It's so much like twelve dollar cupcakes it's, and stuff. It is, and then like guys like if you see someone wearing a cowboy hat in fucking Nashville, they are either not from Nashville or they are like. They are specifically like a right-wing celebrity who is cosplaying, you know, like John Rich or They've somebody. They've got clean boots. They've got clean boots. And they probably have a second home. And assistance and yeah. multiple homes. Mm-hmm. And then when you see a guy wearing a cowboy hat in L.A., he's a literal cowboy. He yep. lives in the desert. He has chickens in his yard. Like, that's like something that annoys me so much is like the gleaming, glittering, clean pickup truck of a man in Nashville stepping out in c- clean cowboy boots and a big hat. That man is doing no ranching today. Mm-hmm. But then you go to like Glassell Park and like a 60-year-old man is like getting out of a busted ass yeah. like pickup truck covered in landscaping equipment. He's got a big cowboy hat on and dirty boots. He's like he needs that cowboy hat because the sun it's demands it. Because it works. Because it works. It works. The cowboy hat is a thing. Let me hear cold beer. You're going to I mean this it. song is just this song is outstanding, I say. Who's but this? This is Josh Thompson. I already forgot that name. I'm this so sorry, is, Josh Thompson. He's kind of an indie country artist. Mm. I hear you're out there now and you're doing all right. New lease on life in Hollywood. Hollywood. Top down. But the West Coast sun looks good on you. Wasn't very long ago. We were sitting on a lost dirt road. Lost dirt road. Here it comes, right away, chorus. Baby, if you want it, I got a cold beer with your name on it. Back 40 on a Friday night. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's checking all the boxes here. I right? know, it's... That's the song. That's it. That's the song, um, basically. You know what I mean? It's just that's just so annoying because it's like, 
I don't know if you've driven in LA before, LA before, but you are frequently tasked with climbing up dirt roads mm-hmm. that go straight up the sides of mountains. Yeah, it's very country. And then country. you stop for people on horses <laughs> to cross the fucking road. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I hate that. I hate that people think that LA is only like a square mile in WeHo. That, yeah. That's like, so much of it is well, just... like Santa Monica. Or Santa, Santa Monica, Monica or whatever. It's like, so much of it is... The desert. Well, it's not even really <laughs> one place. When people say yeah. they hate LA, it's like, so you hate, it's like saying, I always say that's like saying I hate rock music. Yeah. Like, what do you mean by rock music? You know, music that's, it's rock. It's like, got guitars. Yeah. Oh, I hate music that has guitars in it. Wow. It's like, well, that's like. Uh, all of it. Yeah. That's all of it. There's a, there's an LA for everybody. There isn't, there's an LA for everybody. Have you ever heard that song by uh, the new per- new writers of the Purple Sage, Lonesome no. L.A. Cowboy? No. Oh, this is a killer. No one Can knows this song for some reason. I actually tried to do it. Funny story. When I was in Nashville that time I was telling you about, when I was the first time I was out back, you know, doing stuff in the yeah. world, we went to a karaoke bar in Nashville called Santa's. Yes, Santa's. Yes, Santa's. Uh, is, which was some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Santa's is a, is a little bit touristy. It's a little bit it sorority. Is, it's a little bit you know bachelorette what? party. I'll take it. I got, I, I'm not going to say it on the pod because I don't want to rat out my Nashville natives. Okay. But I got a place that you got to go to. I'm sure. I can't wait to go Similar there. vibe, but it's locals only. I was going to sing this song. They didn't have it. I, this song is... Su- surprisingly not known that much but this song is all about LA Cowboy but it's about like you know 70s yeah this is Garcia Jerry Garcia Jerry Garcia and the dead are country country yeah this is a country song Norton Coke Trying to write a song Forgetting everything I know What's your first instrument? My first instrument was My very first instrument was piano But I never took formal lessons until high school Okay uh, My uncle gave me a guitar Electric guitar Ibanez electric guitar uh, When I was Like 15 so first one is kind of guitar, basically. Basically guitar, although I wanted to learn bass. So I saw you picking bass just now. I wanted to learn bass. Oh, you picking I, at that bass. Oh, I see him picking at that bass. I wanted to learn He's bass. Picking. I borrowed a bass from church, mm-hmm. from the music minister at church. <laughs> What's to like the music minister's name? Marvin Jones. Okay. That He's a great like, guy. That sounds like a good good. He guy. was super, super, super tall. Really? Super tall. We had a guy named Bill Steffel who yeah. wore... Well, that's a whole other story. I'll yeah. tell you about that. Okay. You borrowed the bass from the yeah. music minister, minister and you got into it? I borrowed the bass from the music minister. No amp, no chords, just like an electric bass, right. just like holding it's it. It's pretty and like useless. Trying <laughs> useless, listening to it. But I would like try to play like... James Bond. I was learning some MXPX bass Ooh, lines. That's a Christian time. punk band, right? Christian punk band. I know. I was turned on to MXPX when I was in high school by an older kid who uh, had a big, you know, big Christian family. He was yeah. like, MXPX is the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real punk dude, actual punk dude. Yeah. And uh, I did not like MXPX. I was, I was never, I never got attached. I tried to listen to them. I bought a CD, and I was like, I don't, I don't think I like MXPX. I, my first music 
genre that I got into as a little boy was Christian ska. Christian ska? Like, who's that? Uh, I really liked this band called The Insiders. The Insiders. <laughs> N-S- I-N-S-Y-D-E-R-Z. Mm-hmm. The Insiders. And they had a, an album called Motor City Ska. And uh, I don't remember a whole lot of Christian themes. I remember it mostly just being ska, just like we're having, you know, having a good time. And let's see, who else did I, I remember? I like, so yeah, it was like the insiders. My brother had bought that CD from like a family Christian bookstore. Older stores. brother? Younger brother. Older brother. And uh, he immediately wasn't as into it as I was. And I was like, oh, this is music for me. You know, my mom and dad don't. This isn't James Taylor in Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, God. And James Amy Grant Taylor. and Vince Gill. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I was really into that Christian ska for a second and that kind of led to Christian pop punk like Reliant K. Okay. And then from Reliant K, I got into some 41. They're not Christian. They're not. But I mean, I liked the music. Right. The the whole point of this was I just liked the sounds. Yeah. I never was like, well, I'm enjoying these sounds, but I'm not hearing enough Christological themes. Well, were you, were your parents really into the church? Or how did it work? Oh, yeah. I grew up super, super Christian. I mean, my whole family is like uh, involved in the Church of the Nazarene. Like, what is that church? Is that like a Baptist church? On an administrative level. Um, My, no, the Baptists are, um, I mean, if we want to get theological, uh, there is um, Calvinist and Arminian. These okay. are two uh, schools of thought in or doctrines within like Protestant churches. Right. And the Calvinists uh, believe in a bunch of stuff, and the Arminians believe in like the opposite okay. interpretation of a lot of the scriptures. But basically, Calvinists are like everything is preordained. They're like, God knows everything and everything is planned out. Okay. And uh, this is what Baptists believe. So is that sort of like the, the Gwen Shamblin type thing where they believe in fate as something I mean, that's that God... like a cult. That's I, like I a cult. I realize that's a cult, but is it based in I kind that... of think all of Christianity is a cult. But that side of Christian. See, I, I come from a... Ca- I'm Catholic. Catholic. And I've only recently realized, like the last few years or so, how different Catholics are... From Protestants. Yeah, yeah. in terms of... Like Catholics are... They're drunks, yeah, but they aren't crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're sure. more like they're emotional. They're, it's uh, they're a bunch of like uh, people who cry about stuff and right. do emotional things, <laughs> but they're not like uh, it's a different, it's a totally different it's thing. Just different. It's well, incense, incense. Yeah, that's Sw- the big swinging thing. incense around and incense. little boys and yeah, just terrible things. Robes and uh, weird bureaucracy, political weird bureaucracy. Like an, it's like it's like an ancient thing. It feels more yeah. like a like closer to paganism. Than yes, anything. it is. Oh, hundred percent, it is. Which is I I like that aspect of it. The, I the druidic like aspect. The, the Protestants are so different. The Protestants are different. I mean, a lot. I mean, the Americanized version. I mean, with Catholics, you have stuff that feels true to, not necessarily the Middle East, but at least the European yeah. part of Christianity. And uh, with Protestants, you're you're nowhere near the Middle East. You're nowhere near Europe. Mm-hmm. You are doing something that is purely an American concoction. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to defend your land with weaponry like there are all these like new things that are added that are purely american and don't drink don't drink that thing is weird to me that like what's the drag county because of god it's it's all rooted in like 1800s like settling settling dangerous lands in the 1800s and genociding whoever was there before you got there 
Like that's all, that's where all that comes from. It's all very fresh. Like everything that you get mad at Christians for in the news or politics or something, all that is so young in the story of God. Oh my God. That all has happened in the last 150 years. Christians weren't even um, political in America until Roe v. Wade. That was like a Southern strategy. That was like a GOP strategy. We're going to get a giant voting block. Fucking worked. But, and it worked. worked. It's the only issue that anyone in my family cares about. And I'll uh, bring up something heinous that Republicans did, and my parents would be like, yeah, but they kill babies. And I'm like, all right, I, we just can't talk anymore. Like, we don't know how to talk about this together. Well, you tweeted something a few weeks ago that was interesting. You said something about how abortion... Congratulations to abortion being either the mo- the most heinous thing you can possibly do on this earth, or just no big deal at all. Have thousands. I don't know what you said exactly, but yeah, it's like uh, uh, good for you, abortion. You got total command of both poles. Yeah, it's either, it's either the most heinous crime in humanity, or it's a totally normal and routine thing that's a right people deserve. Like right. the, the idea f- that there's no nuance is ridiculous. That's sort of what I. <laughs> that's sort of. When I have gotten into it with my family and we talk about it for a second, I'm like, uh, that's the thing that I'll bring up is like, well, it's pretty interesting that one of the biggest awful sins that you could possibly perpetrate is disagreed with in severity by like 50% of Mm -hmm. people. It's like, it is either or. It's either exactly what we Christians say it is, like the most wrong thing that could possibly exist, or it's normal. And it's like... There's kind of no equivalent to that in the big sins and the big laws. There's yeah. nothing like murder. We don't sit around all day with like murder, murder going like, well, I'm a liberal. So I think that like mass shooters are good or something like right. there's never like a thing that's like this gray. And so yeah. that's why I always go. That's why I'm pro-choice. It's like I believe in your right to not get abortions if you don't want to. Right. And someone else's right to say, you know. I'm just like, it's it's 50-50. You have Does to give it up to 50-50. So you get along with your family still, though, right? We get along, and a lot of that comes from I've been to therapy, and almost none of them have. Okay. Uh, I know uh, the feeling of that. Yeah. Where you're, you're watching someone, you're talking to someone, and you're thinking like, well, I guess I'm be the person who who's keeping score here and like <laughs> the one who's... We're, I'm playing tennis with someone who doesn't know the rule. I don't know yeah. what's a good analogy, but it's the thing where you have to... Do their work yeah. to realize you're okay, doing the work for them. I know what she means. She doesn't. She's not saying what she's saying is not what she yeah. means. I walk into almost every sort of ideologically based conversation with a family mm-hmm. member, being like, "Okay, remember, I'm going to give them two thousand dollars worth of free say whatever points. Uh-huh. I'm going to let them say whatever and think whatever. I'm going to give them like lots of my soul in this moment." Lots of mercy, lots of grace. Right. To not have any clue about like things that are important to me. Like I just like give them as much possible grace and credit as I possibly can. Yeah. Because I know that I'm not gonna get any of that from them. Like with with like with my views or my attitude. Like I'm not really gonna get approval ever. It's also generational too, I feel like. A lot of times the older folks they just they don't know that they can't that they can say certain things. It's okay to be uh, vulnerable about something and no one's going to yeah. shoot them down. Because it's such like, especially if you have boomer parents, which my parents are boomers. Mm-hmm, yeah, same. There's so much status stuff wrapped status up in their stuff. lives that they just can't live S- without it. Certain subjects you can't even broach because you're like sort of like telling them it 
they're just going to interpret it like I'm worthless or something like yeah. that. And it's like, no, 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 no. I really just am here to like help solve a solvable problem <laughs> for right. a minute. Like just kind of want to help your emotional state for a second. Cause you seem like you're really uh, bogged down. Like get high lady <laughs> smoke weed once. No, it is a, uh, it is weird. I, I just try to like, I just try to be like, well, at least I, at least I have learned coping mechanisms and like breathing and stuff. So right. I'll do all the breathing for us. I'll like take big deep breaths for both of us. I'll mm-hmm. drink water frequently oh, to help drink everybody water, out. Yeah. Like nobody drinks water in my family. <laughs> that's something that bums me out. I'm really I'm really big on like hey, Well that's the Catholic solution is just uh, you know, have more wine. Wine. Is a problem? Double down, drink more, not less. Nazarenes do not drink. I okay. did not grow up anywhere near alcohol and I grew up thinking that it was the among the worst sins you could. See, do. I thought you didn't drink, honestly, when you said a glass of whiskey i was like oh really i didn't know that um, i thought you didn't i drink i used to i used to like i used to like marijuana right and i quit smoking marijuana Are a few you years ago <laughs> <laughs> i liked it i used to like to puff marijuana um all right you quit a few years ago you quit, can i quit. see your id by the way before i get out of here oh uh, yeah just sure check it, take a take a look at your yeah. id i'm not a cop I'm, i just kind of want to look at your you. stuff yeah sure no problem um, i've got it kind of squirreled away but uh-huh. um and then i think I don't know when it was, but I just like I just I got tired of using that as my like what using mood, weed my mood regulation yeah because right. like when when I like weed really helped me regulate my mood I like yeah. could it was one of those things where it's like when I was chubby guy I would drink I would find a time of day to like drink like five beers come up pre LA pre LA okay Tennessee yeah. I when I turned twenty twenty one and started drinking I. I really liked like beer and Taco Bell and I just gained a ton of weight. And then uh, with weed in California, I was like, Oh, I can actually like function with weed. Like I like this. I was like, first of all, it wasn't what I thought it was. I thought it was like a, I thought it was heroin. I thought it was like people sat in a corner and like (laughs) stared at a record. Right. So I didn't realize that weed was like a thing that you like can just do. And it doesn't really do a whole lot other than like, make a cereal box look cool while it's you're very like, dosage dependent too if you do a lot you get a lot if you do yeah. a little you get a little exactly so so i used like microdosing marijuana as like my prozac i also hated prozac i got put on prozac for a second and then when i found weed i was like okay i'm gonna use this not prozac because yeah. because i can still achieve an erection with the marijuana like yeah those drugs prozac. scare me they always scared me prozac was terrible prozac did more for like i felt on drugs on prozac really? and not on weed that wow. makes any sense. I mean, I guess I've never taken any of those type of drugs before, really? psychiatric drugs. I've just been so because I have all these other health issues, and I'm so scared that that will oh, really cause like a a secondary side effect. I don't have to deal with another side effect of something. Well, because of yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. understand. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, all the all I remember Prozac doing was it made me feel like a completely different person. That was wow. odd. And then um, it made a beer. It magnified the effects of one beer to like feel like four beers. Really? It it shreds your alcohol tolerance. I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn. I was I got put on Prozac. I was hosting a comedy show two weeks into my Prozac, and that's mm-hmm. when they say that the Prozac actually starts to affect your body. Right. And uh, so I was two weeks in my first round of Prozac, first time I was ever put on Prozac, and I had a beer at a comedy show. I was hosting a comedy show for W. Kamau Bell. Okay. And I had a beer and I spun out and woke up on the couch 
in the dressing in W. Kamau Bell's dressing room after the show. No. And he came in. This is I, a good story. I woke up from him coming in the room and being like, hey, it's just, oh, 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 sorry, man. And he like disappeared. Wow. And I remember being like, okay, I probably can't drink on this stuff. So do you know what happened? Uh, I, I was like, uh, I guess I blacked out and needed to lay down. So, oh, so you didn't actually host? I, it was like I had brought him up and then I had my beer. I was, I was done. Oh, okay. But at some point... I was, I was some, at some point, somebody told me I could lay down on the couch in the back. God damn. And I woke up on the couch in the back, probably like 45 minutes later. Man. So that was weird. At least you didn't go into a tirade. At least I, well, you mean at least I didn't like uh, do a big like cancelable speech or something like that? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know how you would be able to achieve that, just motor functions wise, that drunk. Can you really pull off a big speech maybe that's a good thing because you'd Hammer be drunk. so you'd be so uh you know when you're going yeah. out there <laughs> yeah, exactly. you figured you know you yeah. know you but, know about it <laughs> you Buddy. ever see anybody <laughs> bigger than this than that <laughs> I bet. john lennon well first motherfucker is he wrote this song called shy. women is the <laughs> <laughs> Women is the. Woman is. How do I do it? How does that go? John, John, you've got we've got to go now. John, come on, let's get let's no, going. I've had here. too much alcohol, Paul. John, we've we've got to go. I've been on Prozac, Paul. John, we've got to go. Ha, sexy Satan. What have you done? You made a fool of everyone. That is the best Beatles song, I think. That song rocks. Do you know the history of it? No. Oh, the Maharishi? Maharishi, look what you've done. You made a fool. But George campaigned him so much to change the lyrics that they decided to do it. Because, you know, George is the nicest guy alive, so they did it for George. That's true. Not the Maharishi. Wow. They did it for George. For George, because George was like, if we embarrass the Maharishi, it'll just be so bad for all of us. George is probably right. I think George is probably right. I love to get back. Did you like get back? Did you watch it? I didn't watch. I didn't, I'm not like a big Beatles guy at all. Oh, really? I like George Harrison a lot, but I'm not a Beatles person. And the person really? I live with, known as my wife, she hates the Beatles. <laughs> really? Oh, that's one of her like sticking yeah. point things. She's yeah. like an old school California goth. And so there's oh. certain things about the Beatles that are just, I'm trying to get a Well, what if, what if like Ringo covered Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus? Would she be really into that? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Or uh, the Gun Club. I'm trying to think the of gun like club. LA Ooh, goth dude, stuff. Dude, that's that's deep right there. Yeah. The Gun Club is actually one, how we met. Was one of the first songs I sent her was probably a Gun Club track. Mm. I was really into the Gun Club. Wild. Gun Club fucking rule. Man. I didn't understand that LA. See, this is one of the many misconceptions is that your brain scene. is filled with about LA. Is like I didn't know that LA was like goth. Yeah, and like, it's also where punk, like real punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it comes from. Is is LA area. It's just so funny to me. And then I got here, and then everybody's like, uh, like the song, like the song that everyone would flip out about if it came on in Nashville would probably be like I'm trying to think of like if a like you're in a you're in a 
you're Apple in a bees on a bank thing. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, like some <laughs> shit like that. Like I sip a little bit and I smoke a little bit. Like the pop country from now. Talking no, about a boys in the trucks and I'm talking on up. I think a song that people will be like, oh damn, I love this. Would be like Marshall Tucker Band heard it in a love song. Like okay. if that comes on in a bar, you know that song. I don't know that song. Heard it in a love oh, song. Yeah, that's I know that song. Yeah. Sing it with me. Heard it in a love song. Heard it in a love song. It can't be right. So if that song came on in like a hipster bar, yeah. everybody would be like, oh, shit. Like everybody with t- yeah. tattoos and, and a black T-shirt and a beard and a oh. trucker hat, like in a hipster bar in Nashville, people would be like, man, Marshall Tucker, man, that's good shit. But then like if you're in L.A. and you want the same experience to happen, like if you're in SF, mm-hmm. And the fucking four non-blondes. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think that's, that's an SF That thing? happens in San Francisco, apparently. Oh, okay. And then in LA, it would be like, uh, uh, what's that New Order song? Oh, um. Yeah, just can't get enough. Just can't get enough. Something like that, right? Every time I see you, it's like a shot right through with a bolt of blue. It's not a... I can't think what it is. Bizarre Love Triangle. Okay. If Bizarre Love Triangle comes on in an L.A. bar, that's that's it. what everyone freaks out. That's that's I remember that kind of experience happening is like, oh, everyone in L.A. is like goth and new wave. That's like what people care about in L.A. OK, yeah. When this comes on in like the hipster bar, like people put down their drinks. It's a little like, bit like uh, cocaine. This is this is like a little goth and a little cocaine. Yeah. That was always my description of how I would describe hipsters in, in L.A. The different divisions of hipsters are there's, there's Mar- one I would marijuana call. Marijuana hipsters marijuana and cocaine hipsters, hipsters. There's coke in the daytime hipsters. Coke That's in the a daytime. certain type of hipster. And that if you say coke in the daytime, people get it right away because they know, oh, this is a person who is just living on the edge at yeah. all times. Oh, and yeah. Everything is fashion. Everything is, mm-hmm. is doing that. Um, that's in a, uh, I don't know if you've read Chuck Klosterman's Killing Yourself to Live, but he, he talks about the people who work with him at Spin Magazine. And he was like, the hipsters that I know at Spin are either marijuana and pavement guys. Right, which is a different, gen- that's or a Gen X shit. Right cocaine there. and Interpol guys. Which is He that, wrote this yeah. in like 2002 or something like that. So he was like, I know the, I know the music journalist hipsters that want to do cocaine in a bathroom and see Interpol mm-hmm. be like, we spies, we slow hands. Tell me I'm like, but just I, I. It's New York just, cares. It's just Joy Division. It's new Joy Division. Yeah, it's basically. new Joy Division. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then uh, the pave- then he's like, and then there are the guys that want to roll a joint on a pavement jewel case. Right. You know, they want to hear the. Dodge, dodge, dodge. That's like indie guys. It's indie, indie guys. versus hipster. But yeah. both of those things are gone now. They're both gone now. They've been gone for a while, and I don't know what to do. And a bunch of the pavement guys, I think, live in Nashville now. I think they do. And, and a lot of those indie dudes are also a little bit rapey. Maybe. So yeah. a lot of indie guys who, yeah, they're a little bit incelly rapey-ish, the indie, the indie scene. I think back then, well, I don't know, this is my personal experience, I guess, but mm. it feels like, because a lot of the indie stuff is just sort of like a loser. You're right. Being a loser. Yeah. A lot of times, losers are the ones who do, maybe not rapey, but kind of like over, a little too touchy. Don't know, don't understand. Okay. That, uh, understand. Yeah. Don't know what they're, um, they're trying, 
They're shooting sh- shooting too high, aiming too high, and they get shot down. I'm a cream. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Man, I, lo- I try to do Tom York a lot. I've I've pitched that a couple times on the really? show. Really? Yeah. What do they say? I mean, there's just, I just haven't found what's funny about it. I know what yeah. I think is funny about it, but I haven't found like a joke to it. You have to do this. You have to have one eye. <laughs> you don't remember. You don't remember. Yeah, maybe I you like have to be hurting yourself too. You have to be like stabbing yourself with like a yeah, chopstick maybe. or something, yeah. something kind of. Do you have a song? Do you do you? Well, first of all, do you like to sing when you're having? I a, like to sing a lot. I've been mood. singing a lot more lately. I learned to harmonize a few years oh, ago. Yeah, that was what happened in Santa's, which was a great experience. Yeah. Some random dude that sang a Creed song. My go-to yeah. karaoke's Creed. Can I guess which one? Yeah. You'll be right. Hold me now. I'm six feet from the end of the alley, no, girl. No, baby, no. No. Can you take me higher to a place with golden streets? Yeah. And someone's harmonized with you? Well, I was singing high because I have a really limited range. Okay. So I was singing the harmony right. on stage during the chorus yeah. because I can't do the actual Can part. Can you take me and this guy, this big dude, grabs me yeah. and makes me grab him and do this thing where I'm my my mouth is in his ear and his mouth is in my ear uh-huh. and we're harmonizing together. I mean, I'm about five beers, six beers, yeah, seven yeah, beers yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit religious. It felt oh, like, oh my god, I, love, I get it, I get it. I mean, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers right this right, right now, but I went to so much church. I went to so much church. Mm-hmm. I went to church. Uh, 13 times a week. Or Damn. Not really. That's not real. But even, I went to church every five. time. Every time it was open. Mm-hmm. And and now I don't go to church anymore. And kind of my only sticking point with Christianity is church. I think church is stupid, and I don't want to go to it. What anymore. do you mean? Like, what do you mean is stupid? Church, like the act of going uh, or what? The um the sort of um uh I just think I just think uh, organized religion organizing right. is stupid. Yeah. And I don't I don't really know what we get out of it other than uh, community. Community. I feel like community is undeniable. But I also feel like, I mean, I don't want to like make people feel bad because I also support you if you want to go to church, if I you think, like it. I think people get it. I think people go to church instead of being in another community. And I think it's more important to be in that other community, to like well, live yeah. in your city, to like live in your street. I don't like that we've sort of conformed to a lifestyle of like, you buy a McMansion in a suburb, mm-hmm. you stay isolated within your cul-de-sac, then you drive to your church. That's and true. that those are the two places where you live, and yeah. I don't like that we don't live in like uh, that we don't live in like towns and villages and cities anymore where we're not connected to each other, and it also feels like churches uh, churches are just kind of a country club to me. I think it's yeah. I think it's literally just a it's a leisure activity for most of the people that go, and it's great because everybody needs to unwind. Mm-hmm. All that to say, I think that the singing is kind of the important part of church. Big time. That's what. That's why the Mormons are, they're not going anywhere. It's because that's their thing. This is the singing. Singing it's all about is the so singing. big. It's so big in the Mormon church. And, uh, and then also like moving to a castle in a mountain and like yeah. fucking kids. I think that's. Oh, like well, yeah. That aspect that. of it is. That aspect, that aspect of it is interesting, too. And then uh, sort of being a master of space. <laughs> a master of space and time I know that there are normal Mormons who don't subscribe to its actual teachings the church's actual teachings it's hard but, uh, for me to rectify that stuff because I know a bunch of Mormons I've worked with them I've done yeah, stuff with Mormons and then I read Under the Banner of Heaven yep. and I'm like how the fuck do these people 
they know this. They know this stuff. Well, they know it. There's always going to be a cult within the church, right? They're like like the Catholics have um, Opus but, Opus Day, right? But the roots um, of the Mormon Church are so recent and so I know racist. So cl- well, racist. That's that genocidal. The racist part of it. <laughs> Is almost comical because it's so <laughs> recent. Yeah, and they're saying point blank: these people who have dark skin, yeah. they are other. They're they other. are not us. They can't be in here. And it was yeah. like in our lifetime they repealed that. In our fucking lifetime, yeah. that to me is so insane. <laughs> How do you? Uh, it's it's funny, but it goes back to what you're saying is that yeah. like. Well, I think the the community aspect of the church is so incredibly powerful that people overlook all this stuff because Always. they don't really give a shit about the, the fact that it's based on all this insane bullshit because they're all their friend like well that's where my friends are. What's the, and I don't blame you for that, are? and I yeah. get it. I don't blame you for that, yeah. and I get it, and I think it's great. It's just I personally don't want to be anywhere near it anymore. Yeah, and. I just like I don't know. At a certain point, it's like, well, what's a cult and what's a church? And then, and then you just go like, I think it kind of is all brainwashing, to so that extent. a couple people can like have power over a yeah. lot of people. But also, humans just like need corralling. And, and we also need, like to be around each other. We like to do stuff together. We like shared experience, and we like singing, and we like uh, rules and laws because mm-hmm. we go crazy without rules and laws. So I totally understand why it's there. And Identity. I'm, and, and I'm not. I am not. I wouldn't say that I'm uh, the kind of atheist. I don't really think I'm an atheist, and I wouldn't say I'm the kind of person that's like, we need to tear down the churches. I don't think that at all. Uh, I find actually guys who view things that way very annoying. What about the uh, the Vic- What about the uh, death, the black metal guys who burn the churches down, who are like the pagans, anti-Judeo-Christians? They hate all the um, Judeo-Christians. I don't like that. Okay. I think that's violent. Yeah. I think violence is bad. Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, they just burn them down. There's no one in them. They Here's, just burn them oh, down. yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I just think that's, I think that's stupid because that's, that's a dogma. That's an idea. Isn't the yeah. point to like walk away from like dogmatic belief? Yeah. Of all kinds. Like, anyway, um, I, I don't know. I, it's interesting though. The singing, it, the singing is the cool part. That's the part that people actually want to do. The singing's the the joyful noise, right? That's the joyful, the joyful noise. <laughs> make a joyful noise unto the Lord, damn it. Yeah. I, I I think I think people love to sing together, and I think that karaoke is is, is that oh. is that church. Sometimes it's like sometimes a bar like karaoke experience. That's that is spiritual mm-hmm. because uh, we do humans. That is part of our evolution. Is like we have this like. We live in the world of ideas, right? Isn't that what spirituality is? To like live in a world of like abstractions, like that we have like concepts of ideals and beauty and like all these things. Like, isn't that what the spiritual world is? I suppose it's trying to make sense of it, though, right? Making That's the sense idea of... is to make sense of these abstract things and yeah. find a place for yourself among that that makes sense. Now, if we could come down from the clouds for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two karaoke styles in my life. Okay. There's the Nashville karaoke style and there's the LA karaoke style. Ooh, I want to hear about this. In Nashville, I just sat up. In Nashville, good for you, man. In Nashville, it's uh well, can I guess? Can I guess? Sure. I think Nashville, from what I know, my very limited experience of Nashville karaoke, yeah. which is once, Nashville is people who are good. Good. And they'll let you know it. And they want to sing good. They want to sing good. They want to do the song well. Want to do the song well because they do do it well. Because they can. And L.A. is fucking around. L.A. is fucking around. Like, okay, so. Am I right? 
you're exactly right. Yes. And the whole the Nashville karaoke thing, that's this isn't theater kid the way that I think people might interpret this. Mm-hmm. It's not a theater kid thing. No, it's a professional. It's like it's like either you want to be a professional or you truly just like music mm-hmm. and you want to good you want good music to have happened. And there's still there's still people who will like be fun with the songs, like people who suck, who will perform the fuck out of it. That's musical to me. Okay. I'm just saying that Nashville karaoke is musical. Just yeah. So I will sing, in Nashville, I will sing like, um, anything you want, you got it. Like, that's what I'll do in Nashville. Or, or like Glenn Campbell or okay. something like that. And then when I go to L.A., I have to remember to do a different performance because okay. karaoke is about fun in L.A. Right. In Nashville, it's about music. In L.A., it's about karaoke. It's, it's a about little bit fun. about irony. You do something that's kind of, oh, do a, let's do a Third Eye Blind song. Oh, yeah. Let's do like a, uh, I'll do like a, an yeah. STP song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what I sing? Uh, uh, I sing Audio Slaves Like a Stone a lot wow. at, at L.A. karaoke. I didn't get into Audio Slave. I mean, I I love Audio Slave. That's because that's Chris Cornell, right? It is Chris Cornell with who? And Tom Morello. Oh yeah, it's a super group. It's a super group. I thought that was Juan was Tom Morello, but that's also a member of um, what Audio Slave song? I want to hear this. What's it called? Like a Stone. You know this. This comes on every okay, day you know? at three p.m. on the on the rock station in every city. I honestly don't recognize this right away. I'm not, not kidding. You will. You will. I want to rap over this. I like a stone. I'm sticking to the bottom. Never know. I'm going to the bottom of the pond slow. Yeah. Like a little bitty hoe. I'm a stone. <laughs> Baby, want to get, get, go. It's a... Yeah, my boy Chris. Rap. This is lunchtime at the job site. This is unwrapping your uh, 7-Eleven Italian sub. Got the DeWalt radio. DeWalt radio. <laughs> You got your Milwaukee red case. You don't know this? No. You'll know the chorus, right? We'll, 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 we'll find out. We'll, 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 we'll see. I mean, I like the rapping over it. Here we go. Here's the chorus. Baby, did you know? Okay, yeah, yes. Yes, I know this. This is like my way to be ironic and sing for real at like the karaoke. How do you do Chris Cornell's voice? That's a hard I'll one. Wait for you there. It's pretty close. I hurt my throat yes. hitting the note and Dude, doing the voice. If I do my create, it destroys my throat. It destroys yeah, it. Yeah. Because I just can't. I mean, Chris Cornell has a special voice. Though. Yeah, he does. That guy can fucking sing. He can sing, man. He is no longer alive. Yeah, which has got to mm-hmm. be awkward for him. It is. It's got to be weird. It's got to be strange for the people. It's got to be weird for him. There was some person who hit me up on Twitter uh, a while ago trying to get to Bill Burr through me. Okay. And they were, because they had a bunch yeah. of stuff that was Chris Cornell related, because evidently Burr loves. Yeah. Cornell and, and Soundgarden stuff. Okay. And they just kept bombarding me with messages about, come on, like he was in England, like, mate, come on, you've got to, I've just got to get, the, got to get this to Bill. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll make, can you come to England? We'll party and everything. Just please help me get this to Bill Burr. 
Amazing. There's nothing worse in this world than when someone tries to use your yeah whatever access to get to someone who's more famous. <laughs> yeah, There's nothing sure. that makes you feel more like a more like a little little bitch than having someone. <laughs> Like there's no one I hate more yeah. too than someone who tries to oh, do that. God. It's like, oh, you want to get into someone? T- I'm gonna fucking make sure you never do. Man, it. there was a local LA guy who <laughs> I had just heard was like a sexual assaulter. Okay, I had just heard like recently or this. This was like story. in the last like five years. Mm-hmm. I had just heard that like this one kid who had been doing shows was like did something fucked up. Yeah, and uh, he like hit me up. And then he was like, hey, man, uh, I've got a live show. Okay, I'm listening for a second, even right. though I know you're a sexual assaulter. And then he was like, yeah, can you help me get Rory for my show that I just started? Because he was like, you and Rory are buds, right? And I'm like, dude, I hang out with Rory maybe twice a year, and I try not to bother the guy. <laughs> He's got, like, a family. Mm-hmm. And it's like, also, you, like, I th- I heard you, like, rape somebody or something. So, like, I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. I just, I'm looking at this message, and I'm like, you're... Dude, you have no. Do you really have no clue how not right a word of what you're doing is? Like, people just I, not I, only I, this I'm request envious, though. In a way, I'm envious that someone can be that clueless. That clueless. You know Julia Fox, that woman right now. Yeah, who's, I'm I w- I am jealous of her insanity. Oh yeah. In a way, like it must feel good to just go out there and really just be that person. Yeah, she just like uh, she just likes wearing clothes. Or like not wearing clothes or something. And she's written a book, evidently, that she claims is very good, you know, stuff like that. Rocks. That's just the the amount of restraint I oh yeah. That definitely helps. Oh you can't not you can't deny it. Definitely helps. It's gonna help a lot. Very pretty woman. But the just the ability to not censor yourself, not get it, to not to think not think like uh it's a winning strategy. It's a winning strategy, and like sometimes I wish I was a dumb guy because it oh, would yeah. just this would have all been so much easier. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be talking about spirituality on Johnny Pemberton's right. podcast. That's for sure. Well, that or you'd be. I don't know. It's you have you have to be really smart. In which case, you probably would have killed yourself a while ago. Oh yeah, you don't want to be too smart. All the smartest people I know have died. That's what every J.D. Salinger book is about. Is about like a a guy who is like coming home from a prep school talking about how his oldest brother was a genius and he killed himself. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so true though. There's so yeah. many people I know who are incredibly talented and smart and it's yeah. like, yep, oh, they're gone. They're gone. I mean, not like also, also not people or... I knew, like people I know of who are like, God damn. We've had friends, like uh, uh, I'm sure we have mutuals who have died of either fentanyl, cocaine or heroin. Yeah. I always feel kind of like this. Some of those deaths, I've had I've had late night camping drunken arguments about this, but the yeah. the death of of overdose is a, a form of suicide. It is because you're playing by the train tracks and you get hit by the train, and it's like, well, the train killed you, but you were playing by the train tracks. Well, I I don't. You're not stupid. See, you know this, how trains work. This is very divisive, and it's a thing that everybody like freaks out about, and like I. I, I kind of am in two minds about it. Yeah. I'm like, a little bit, I'm like, well, uh, it's well documented how drugs are bad for you. Everybody yes. knows that. Everybody who uses drugs in our community knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now we have like fentanyl test strips. Yeah, that's a little different, I suppose. That's the a fentanyl little different. thing's a touch different. And it's good for you to, it's, I support if you're going to do Coke or whatever. Test. But I also get on my high horse, especially about cocaine, because it is like to get cocaine here to America, you have to, you destroy so many communities. Yeah, it's not a good drug. To get it here. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like it's hard for me to really go all in on do your cocaine and be safe, guys, because it's like, yeah, but also on a global scale, this is a heinous, heinous system to participate in. Yeah. Like you this the their kids dying in <laughs> freaking Juarez to we get have us this to, cocaine. Much like oil, the United States has to take over <laughs> production. We have the capability to produce cocaine safely. Millions of millions of pounds of cocaine a I'm year. With you. But the Biden administration will not build the pipeline. They won't build it. The cocaine pipeline. They won't build it. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. I, yeah, it's, you got to have a death wish a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's so hard to know how to step in with your friend when Mm -hmm. they're getting into like horse. You know what I mean? Also, it happens in secret. And yeah, like a lot of the people that we know who've died of heroin, it's like nobody knew. Like nobody knew either that they relapsed or that they got into it. Because the they're place. smart enough to hide it. Because they know it. that if they don't hide it, they're going to be overwhelmed with people stopping them. Yeah, that they're mm-hmm. going to have people sort of like, or the disappointment of nobody stepping in. Like, yeah. oh, people have abandoned me. I'm right, sure that right. that's part of the spiral. Is like, oh, I'm doing this thing that they'll never accept. I can't tell them about it because they'll reject me. They will. But God forbid I do tell them they don't stop me. That means they don't love me. That means they don't love so me. So I got to do more. I, I never f- thought about that. It's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah, it's weird. It's like when you say that you think that ODs are sort of suicidal behavior, it's weird because you're also stepping into a thing where um, you're talking to I – mean, I, I would also say that, well, hold on. I'm not saying that suicide is necessarily a bad thing. Like if you want to make that choice for yourself, I sort of get it. Like I, uh, yeah. it's weird. It's a that's yeah. another gray area that you mm-hmm. get into where it's like, well, maybe we need, maybe we do need doctor-assisted suicide or something. Like, I, if somebody wants to kill himself, I maybe they should be allowed to or something. Like, maybe we shouldn't view it as like the worst thing in the world. I don't know. Always goes back to my thought that we just need a, a really big new war, <laughs> like a big one, not like a Middle East skirmish, not one like that a hurts thing. us in America. We need to mean. take on Russia or China, like oh, really take them on. Wow. Head to head, boots on the ground. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. It's I think gonna it's going to be robots, and we're going to have social problems until it happens again. It's, we're going to have robots. Oh, we're going to we're going to go to war with our, with each other. I definitely think that yeah. um, we're heading towards a, a time when uh, when like Democrats and big city people and everything are so being dehumanized by right wing guys that yeah. like I'm pretty sure just like a guy working a regular job is just going to start. He's going to be told enough times that everything that's important to him is being stolen by pedophile lizards in Washington D.C. and yeah. Hollywood. He's just going to open fire up. I think I think we're just going to have more mass shootings. More of these guys are going to be killing just people. Like a guy's just going to show up in Portland and just start like murdering everyone. It we're going to have more like and more and more a, of that. We're moving toward that only because I don't know. Part of me thinks it's because the pandemic kind of. I th- to me, mm-hmm. it seems like the pandemic sucked a lot of joy oh, out of the sure. world and it hasn't come back yet and that joy yep. was like the only thing keeping a lot of people from losing it the potato soft taco and the mexican pizza <laughs> at taco bell were like the only thing <laughs> that a couple guys had going for them and yeah. then taco bell was like hey by the way because of donald trump and or joe biden whoever is in charge at the moment you no longer have this thing mm-hmm. um it is funny that like when Trump was in charge, none of it was his fault. And then when Biden took over, it was all Biden's fault. I what think do you mean? There's some funny. sort of inherent hypocrisy in the narrative? <laughs> I think so. It's almost as if some of these people are not that great. Some of them. 
I want to open these. Okay, let's talk about these. Now, James, you brought these uh, these brought little boxes. These little here. toys with me. What are these? These are uh, blind item boxes for Final Fantasy VII figurines. And if you look, they're in the style of the PlayStation One graphics. Okay. They're blocky the way that the yeah. PlayStation One graphics go. So I'm here in LA for a week. Uh, I'm glad. Just a week. Just a week, and I'm glad that you invited me to come to your house and do this podcast because um, I, it's nice to catch up with you. That's well, great to you. have you. I haven't been back to L.A. since my SNL audition. Because I saw you the week that you had your audition. That oh, really? was last year. Remember, I saw you at the uh, the Bell House. We both really? did that show. We did a, look, Dan and Joe's show there. Oh, yeah? I remember talking to you about it, and I was yeah. like, I knew I was like, oh, you're gonna, I knew you were gonna get it. Like I really did know. Yeah, I felt like I just knew it. It just made sense to me from a casting perspective. <laughs> I, I knew it inherently. Yeah. yeah How yeah. was it moving though? Was that was that rough to move? It was really fun to tell a woman in her third trimester that she had to leave right our home and that had a nursery in it and oh, everything figured God. out and moved to New York in the winter. I think. Yeah. That, I think everyone should go through that. That's a Damn. good thing to do. No, it ended up being great and. Um, I love doing the show. It's like I want to do it for as long as I possibly can. Fuck yeah. It's like the perfect job for me. I just love it. That's really good. It's great. I was even like just surprised in doing it how sort of natural wow. it like fell into place. And yeah. I just like it. Um, uh, Open a box, baby. So, so I came to L.A. I was in Burbank here to come here. And there's a game store that I like called Game Realms. There's like about five game stores in Burbank. Really? There's karate dojos, there's game stores, and there's gun stores. Karate dojos, game stores, and gun stores. And barbershops. And barbershops. Where are the other game stores in Burbank? There's a bunch of them on Magnolia, and there's some on Burbank Boulevard, too. There's a ton, there's actually probably about five of them, maybe like six Like video of them. games or like board games? No, board games. Board like, games. Like geek, there's a place called Geeky Tees and Games. There's a place oh. called... Um, God, I can't think of what's so called. I went to Game Realms, which is a video game store specifically. Oh, okay. And they had these uh, j- toys from Japan. And in Japan, the blind item is really big. Yeah. Like you don't know what's going to be. Have you been box. to Japan? I haven't been to Japan. I'd love to. I'd love to go. Okay, so I see some buttons or some black. So what is this exactly? It's like a toy? This is a toy. It's like a figurine. What are you going to do with it? Uh, I'm going <laughs> to put it on my desk. Oh, I got. Uh, oh, my God. This is amazing. You're not gonna blow. So I bought four of these. I cleared them out okay. of their stock, and uh, I spent like sixty bucks buying these blind items. That's how much they cost? No, they're they're like thirteen dollars okay. each. But I bought all of the ones that they had. So this is this is great. This is Cloud when he's dressed up as a girl to sneak into Don Corneo's Ooh, mansion. Nice. You never played this game? I haven't played that game. I've watched people play it, but I know it's the game. It's the best game, right? It's the game that people love the it's most. It's just like it's like a it's a very important game in the history of games. Mm-hmm. It's the white the Beatles white album. Should of, I play uh, it? Should I just lose my life to games now? Uh you got a honking big PC over there. I would I do. I would think about it. You don't really need a big PC to play this. You can play right. this on your phone. Uh I love Final Fantasy Seven. Um let's see. Do you so know who Chad Warden is? No, is it? Okay. Okay, so I got so the first one was Cloud dressed as a girl. This one is okay. This is Reno of the Turks. We should put some music behind this. Uh, sure. Um, play uh, under the rotting pizza. What is that? That's from Final Fantasy VII. Play under, under the, the rotting, rotting pizza. pizza. That's the other thing about this um, game is I know people who love the music. They fall asleep to this music every night. Music is great. So this is like a craft work. Nobu. Rip- this is a. Umasu. This is a craft work ripoff. Damn. 
James Austin Johnson. If you're York just City. now tuning in, James Austin Johnson is unwrapping blind item Final Fantasy VII figurines. It's KT7456 ABC4. We're here with James Austin Johnson. He's unwrapping, uh, unwrapping, unwrapping. <laughs> I'm unwrapping. I'm unraveling. <laughs> that kind of thing happens in live TV a lot. Yeah, I'm. Un- am I unwrapping? Thing, Monica, am I here? I'm just making Monica. sure I'm not, I'm not slipping away here. <laughs> Monica's got a clipboard. She's looking at us like we're crazy. This is a crazy segment. They let us go crazy on Thursdays because they know Fridays. If they let us do it, we'd really go crazy. You know what I mean? Red thirteen. What is that? Red wow. thirteen. He's like a tiger. I gotta say, honestly, that, I gotta say that's cute. I think, like, honestly, that's cute. I think kawaii. my kids would like that. Kawaii. That's really that kawaii. I know that word. Kawaii. 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 We're going to Kauai. in two weeks. We got a giveaway. Kawaii. If you want to go to Kauai, it's it's good to go back. It's good to go the first time. Kauai, we got tickets to gonna give we you got away. Tickets to Kauai. Stick around. We got James Austin Johnson. He's opening up boxes. James Austin Johnson is gonna be opening boxes here in studio. Check him out online. Check He's him on, out online. Are you on Instagram? Yeah, Shrimp J A J. What is that? What's that? What's shrimp that about? Dad, I just like shrimp. Do you like shrimp? Really do. That's I like funny. Shrimp. I've never been a shrimp guy. Really? I grew up having to eat shrimp, but I never. I don't really Mom's like shrimp. Mom's from Louisiana. Yeah, she's serving the shrimp. She's friends with the shrimp truck guys. Okay. Right. He's on the. Th- he's on the fourth and final box here. When we finish this, oh we're my God, have James, Aust- James Austin Johnson's on Twitter. Shrimp and Jadge. Shrimp Jadge. Shrimp Jadge. Under the rotting Johnny, pizza here. You wouldn't believe it. K seven two seven ABC. It's, thank God it's the standard cloud, just oh. regular cloud. The main guy. These are pretty and fun. I like them. No big sword. These There's are no big sword. Oh, the okay. big sword. That's a big part of Final Fantasy. Is that yeah, the big he, sword. That cloud is this mysterious guy. It's impossibly large. The sword. sword. It's so large. So I got I got cloud as a girl. I got red thirteen. I got regular Cloud, and I got Reno from the Turks, one of the bad guys. Awesome. James Austin Johnson, we had you here first. So glad. Where can people check you out? Where do you, where do you want people to see you? Thank you, Johnny. You can check me out on my website, www.jamesaustinjohnson.com, or yeah. check me out on Instagram and Twitter at shrimp. J-A-J. And coming up at the top of the hour, we've got Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, I love After them. After the Love is Gone. And then we're going to check in with uh, our weather correspondent, Oh, Leslie. okay. Be careful, because it's going to be windy out there. You know, she's going to let it rip, okay? It's going to be another windy, windy day. <laughs> it's going to be another windy day here in beautiful Los Angeles, California, oh, here it. in beautiful Universal Studios, I love it. Orlando, Florida, here in we beautiful, beautiful Clearwater, Florida. Great to be here. Thank uh, you so much for having Slime me. Slime Time Live. James Austin Johnson, you're going to love to see this now. Coming up next, we're going to be giving away some tickets. Stick around.